You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90KCSU Fort Collins for Thursday, February 29th. I'm Lee Zimpel, your news director. And I am Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director. And we are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, a fire broke out yesterday on campus, and Tyler will tell you what we know about it and more in campus news. And find out how Fort Collins is helping to respond to the ongoing migrant crisis in Denver and in local news with Lee. Then learn which cafe is giving a coffee allowance to customers who read and more with Tyler in Life and Events. Later on in the broadcast, low-income students in New York who want a medical career might now be able to get it for free. More on that in National with Lee. And with that, we'll get started with campus news. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax, and this is your Colorado State University campus news. Yesterday afternoon, a fire broke out on campus at Colorado State University. The fire occurred on the northern side of campus near the plaza and Lori Student Center inside the CSU Engineering Building. The local Poudre Fire Authority arrived to campus at around 2 o'clock in the afternoon to a fire caused by a battery. The fire alarm was activated and students evacuated the building. According to the Poudre Fire Authority, three engines were dispatched to the location as well as an ambulance. The fire authority used approximately 20 to 30 gallons of water to help fight the fire, but the battery reignited, causing the firefighters to go back and douse the fire even further. Videos online show a go-kart to be at the source of the fire, but the University nor Poudre Fire Authority confirmed this. The engineering and physics building will be closed for the remainder of today, and colleges that work inside of the building will follow up with students on academic scheduling. KCSU will stick with the story as more details are released. These updates come from the Rocky Mountain Collegian. Another incident occurred on campus this week as well on Monday as a man was reported for indecent exposure at the University Arboretum. At 2.44 p.m., a woman walking on Lake Street caught notice of a man exposing himself in the Arboretum. The woman walked away, and shortly after, at 4.20 p.m., two more women reported a similar incident in the same area. All three of the women reported seeing the same man who was described as a six-foot-tall with an average build wearing a black shirt, black hoodie, and a black pair of sweatpants. If you have information on the man, you can call Colorado State University Police at 970-491-491. 6425. And finally, CSU's online university, Colorado State University Global, will be partnering up with Cox Communications. The two will be helping nearly 6,000 employees of Cox Communications to help employees of the West. will help with creating opportunities, communication skills, and overall skill and career readiness. The partnership will help employees all over the West with a few cities including San Diego, Las Vegas, Tucson, Phoenix, Idaho, Santa Barbara, and more. With CSU Global being an online institution, they can work with the employees from all corners of the western United States. This story comes from CVS News Now. Coming up next now is Lee with your local news updates. Learn more about what Larimer County is doing for the immigrant community. In local news, there's an ongoing record migrant crisis in Denver, and Fort Collins and other Colorado communities are responding to it in different ways, some more welcoming than others. The surge at the U.S. southern border has had nearly 40,000 new arrivals in Denver over the past year. That's a record number surge for Denver alone, and so far, the city has spent over $42 million to respond to it. Hundreds of locals in Lakewood gathered earlier this month to push against those sanctuary policies. Now families are leaving Denver and looking for opportunities across the state. Fort Collins is one of the communities that has been more welcoming for them. 
The city of Fort Collins says about 4,500 residents need immigration-related legal services, and there are hundreds of cases with unmet legal needs in the community. With the city seeing migrants from over 30 different countries in recent years, the Fort Collins City Council approved its budget to continue its Immigration Legal Fund program into this year. The program was started in 2021, and it offers services like pathways to citizenship, legal representation, and education. Leo Escalante with the Fort Collins Neighborhood Services Department says when the fund was launched, it started off as a $150,000 pilot program. When it was renewed for this year, the city council approved another $500,000 injection. The city says people who can use the fund's services have to be Fort Collins residents, and according to Escalante, of the city's population is made of immigrants. In response to Denver's migrant crisis, Escalante says it's a shared responsibility to help the Fort Collins immigrant community and as many others as possible. Contributions to this story come from the Denver Post. Colorado proposed a new bill that would add some housing requirements for cities across the state, and senators say it could be one solution to fight Colorado's affordable housing issue. The bill would require cities across five metro areas, including northern Colorado, to allow homeowners to build accessory dwelling units, or ADUs, on their properties. An ADU is a separate, smaller living space built on the same property as the main house. It's usually its own separate structure. If the bill is passed, it would give homeowners in Fort Collins and other cities the right, and possibly even some money, to build their own ADUs. State lawmakers say the bill would create an encouragement grant program and could also lower or waive ADU fees altogether. Democratic Senator Kyle Mullica of Adams County is a sponsor of the bill, and according to Denver 7, he says affordable housing is the number one issue he and other senators are hearing right now. He says this bill would address some of those concerns and that it's one part of a bigger plan to increase affordable housing options in Colorado overall. Not all state officials support the bill, though. Lisa Frizzell of Douglas County says the bill would disrupt a working system for her hometown, Castle Rock. She says Castle Rock made the decision to allow ADUs years ago and says to let her own town make their own zoning decisions. Despite some state officials not seeing eye to eye, a majority of Coloradans support the bill's ideas based on a Keating research poll from last month. Plans for a new commuter rail service is in the works in Colorado, and it'll run from Wyoming to the New Mexico border. It'll run through a handful of rural communities in northern Colorado along the way. The Front Range Passenger Rail District is looking for a train that would connect Fort Collins with other major cities like Denver, Colorado Springs, and Pueblo. Supporters say the service would give quick and reliable train access to people looking to travel between cities, but others say the service might not be fair to residents. Some elected leaders in the town of Berthoud say the rail service would not benefit people in those smaller communities the train would pass through. Berthoud trustee Sean Murphy says Berthoud is one of the fastest growing towns in the Front Range, and his community would likely see more traffic on the railroads running through town. He also says residents would be paying more in taxes to help build that service, and there are not plans for a train stop in the town itself, so locals would have to drive elsewhere to catch the train. With all that in mind, Murphy says a train stop in Berthoud itself would make the service more beneficial to its community. According to Denver 7, a rail district spokesperson said they're working with the state to make the rail service more useful and efficient. But she said adding stops in every rural town could slow the service, making it more like a passenger rail line instead of its original plan for faster service with fewer stops. 
The spokesperson says the priority is to keep this commuter service quick for larger communities, but other services with more stops could be added in the future. The Northern Colony five years, and Murphy says adding stops in some way is still important for growing communities. He says more equitable service could boost local economies, allowing the community to access jobs in neighboring areas. And lastly, this week, Larimer County approved a fresh take on a five-year plan, and part of it's based on a community input that was given over the span of months. So here's a quick look at some of the areas and issues the county hopes to focus on. The plan has four goal areas. The first is to shape the community to be more engaged and resilient through programs that are designed for county transparency and outreach. So in short, to improve communication with the public to strengthen the public. The second is to up the quality of life through addressing issues like housing security and the economy. The third focus is on the environment, which includes transportation, air quality, and water. The last goal is for running the county itself, and there are even plans to start using AI in some of their daily operations. That plan rundown was based on information from the Loveland Reporter Herald, and with that, we'll wrap up local news for now. We'll take a break, and when we come back, you'll hear from Tyler in Life and Events. Big Al's Burgers and Dogs is a proud supporter of KCSU. Located on Mountain Avenue, west of college, Big Al's Burgers and Dogs serves in a variety of hamburgers and hot dogs. For more information about the menu and ordering options, visit BigAl'sBurgersAndDogs.com. Have you ever wanted to get paid to sit down and read a good book? One Fort Collins Coffee Shop will be offering just that to readers and coffee drinkers. The Paralandra Bookshop at Wolverine Farm will offer a unique deal for anyone who can make it to the store and read just two hours per week. The reader will receive an allowance of $50 in books and $50 for coffee for three months. The goal is to help with reading more thoughtfully and disengaging available for the readers. If you think you could add just another two hours to your week, then you can invest it into reading. This story comes from the Colorado Sun. The former Fort Collins bar and restaurant Bob's Beer House closed recently, but will be living on in a more mobile way. A new food truck will be hitting the streets of Fort Collins soon with the name Bob's. The truck is in its final stage of transformation, with one change including switching from gas to electricity. The truck will be serving up simple and easy food to grab, such as pizza bites and pretzel bites, as well as some larger meals, such as patty melts, and you can follow the progress on social media. The one millionth book from Dolly Parton's Imagine Library has been handed out in Colorado by Governor Jared Polis. The library launched by the country music star began in 1995 and came to Colorado in 2020. Polis was able to hand out the one millionth book on Tuesday and encouraged families with children five and under to read. 
Coming up next in the next few nights will be a range of great music in Fort Collins that you can treat your ears to. Tonight at the Aggie Theater, you can catch Little Stranger at the Aggie Theater. The Philadelphia locals play indie hip-hop music for their fans, and you can catch their show tonight. Friday night, we'll see the electronic dance music producer, The Polish Ambassador. The Polish Ambassador sports a bright yellow suit on stage and puts on a show full of dancing, lights, and music. While the Polish Ambassador isn't really from Poland, he is from San Francisco. If you want to catch the performance, you can find him at the Aggie Theater at 8 p.m. tomorrow night, March 1st. And for this weekend on Saturday, Lee Youth will be performing here in Fort Collins. Youth is an American DJ here to help you party it up on Saturday night. The DJ is best known for his combination of R&B with 90s house music. This show will be at the Aggie Theater as well, starting at 8 p.m. on Saturday. That is all for your Life and Events segment for today. Make sure to stay tuned for your national news updates with Lee, who will be taking a look at how a billion-dollar donation made tuition-free for one college in New York. from Galactic, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU. And we are back from the break. My name is Lee Zempel, and here's some of the latest updates in the stories making national news this week. A medical school in New York just made their after the school received a $1 billion donation. The donation came from Ruth Gottsman, who is a former professor for the Albert Einstein College of Medicine and the widow of a Wall Street investor. She announced Monday that she'd be donating that money to the school in the Bronx, and students are saying the gift is life-changing. Students are saying Gottsman's donation Donation opens the door for low-income students, including from immigrant families, to pursue a, a career in medicine that was previously unaffordable. The free tuition immediately applies to four-year students, and everyone else will benefit in the fall. The massive donation is possibly the largest one ever made to any medical school in the U.S. It's also notable because the school itself is in one of the most poverty-stricken parts of the city and in the state of New York as a whole. Before the donation, tuition was set at roughly $63,000 a year. The Education Data Initiative estimates that medical grads leave the school with an average of over $202,000 in debt. School officials say they hope the free tuition will attract more diversity in applications. There aren't any plans to change its admissions policy, but all students will qualify for free tuition. Democratic Arab American voters in Michigan rejected Joe Biden as their candidate in the state's primary, citing anger over his handling of the Israel-Hamas war. Leaders in Michigan's Arab and Muslim communities were pushing for voters to hold their votes against Biden and to vote uncommitted. 
For months, Democratic leaders warned Biden he could lose many voter groups over disapproval of the U.S.'s commitment to Israel. In the end, Tuesday's results showed that Biden ended up winning Michigan, but the push to Biden will continue to face through his re-election campaign. Over 100,000 Democrats in Michigan voted uncommitted, and this trend is expected to happen in other states moving forward. Minnesota Democratic Governor Tim Walz says part of Minnesota's Somali population will likely follow that trend in his state's primary next week. And there's even a nationwide campaign called Abandon Biden, and it's seen momentum in a handful of other important swing states. California Representative Ro Khanna, who supports calling for a ceasefire in the war, says Tuesday's results show Biden's campaign has, quote, a lot of work to do. Khanna says Arab and Muslim American voters are important communities in the Democratic Party and that the White House needs to take action to win those communities back. Donald Trump, like Biden, won the Republican primary in Michigan as well, but he also could face some challenges with the swing state in November's general election. Trump has been the longtime front-running Republican candidate, but Michigan Republicans still showed a significant support for his opponent, Nikki Haley. As the primaries continue, one thing for certain is that both Biden and Trump are candidates that many Americans struggle to support. How the general election will play out in November when they will likely face head-to-head remains unclear. Wildfires are continuing to burn across the Texas panhandle, burning out homes and killing livestock along the way. Yesterday, one of those fires explosively grew into the largest in state history. The Smokehouse Creek fire grew to nearly 1,700 square miles, merging with another fire. The Texas A&M Forest Service says so far the fire is just 3% contained. But today, firefighters were given a little bit of relief in their efforts. The fire's overwhelming growth was slowed a little bit this morning with some snow, colder temperatures, and calmer wind. Still, the fire is largely untamed as it crossed into Oklahoma. So far, one 83-year-old woman is the only confirmed death this week, but authorities haven't been able to search for any other possible victims as the fires continue to threaten a wide area. Temperatures and winds are expected to pick up again in Florida tomorrow and over the weekend, and firefighters are dowsing wrecked homes to keep them from reigniting. Authorities have not said what caused the fire, but much like the weather conditions in other areas across the U.S., like in Colorado, the strong winds, dryness, and unseasoned temperatures feed the spread of the wildfires. That'll be it for national news. Information for these stories come from the Associated Press. And coming up after the break, Austin Martin will be back with the CSU Sports Report. And that's how George Washington became the first president of the United States of America. Stephanie, is whatever you're looking at on your phone more important than our country's history? Well, actually. What was that? Well, KCSU just posted a new video on social media, which is pretty important. More important than our founding fathers? Come on, Professor. Do you even follow KCSU? Come look at their page and maybe you'll understand. Today we're going around the plaza to ask people, what are you guys listening to? Class canceled for the evening, everyone. Stephanie, I'll have to take your phone, but you'll get it back tomorrow. 
Ha! I knew you loved KCSU's content. Follow KCSU on all social media platforms at KCSU FM. Hey, I'm Austin Martin, sports director at KCSU. Here's what's going on this week in sports. Men's basketball had a tough week, starting off with a 60-66 to loss in Vegas against UNLV. Isaiah Stevens set the single-season assist record, passing Ryan Yoder's record that was set in the 1992-93 season. The Rams then hosted the Nevada Wolfpack last Tuesday. CSU seemed to be fighting all game to cut the deficit, which they finally did with a clutch Isaiah Stevens jumper that tied the game with 2.2 seconds left on the clock. Nevada's guard Jared Lucas was left with too much time though, as he connected a half-court heave to win the game at the buzzer, and the Wolfpack won 77-74. The Rams are looking for redemption as they host Wyoming for a border war matchup this Saturday. CSU women's basketball overcame their five win at Utah State. Kenna Hofschild led the way with 31 points and Marta LeMain tallied a career high with 24 points. This duo was on fire, shooting the basketball, combining for a 24 of 32 from the field. Following the big win in Utah State, the Rams hosted their very own Education Day in Moby with elementary students representing Thompson and Poudre School Districts in attendance. Hannah Ronzik led the Rams in the scoring department with all 15 of her points coming from three-point land against the Nevada Wolfpack. CSU played great defense in the fourth quarter, holding Nevada to only nine points, and the Rams won 54-51. Colorado State is heading to the Bay as they take on the San Jose State Spartans this Saturday. Both the men's and women's CSU track and field teams brought home the Mountain West Championship trophy with a total of 22 medals. Throwers Maya Lesnar and Mariano Keese were awarded with the most outstanding field performer of the weekend. Lesnar extended her nation-leading shot put mark with a throw of 19.10. CSU Rams athletes that qualify for the NCAA championship will compete in Boston that will take place on March 8th. CSU Tennis bounced back with a win at home against Northern Air. The following day, they hosted the CU Buffaloes, and the Rams' undefeated home win streak was snapped as they fell to the Buffs 1-4. The Rams will look to build a new home winning streak as they host Grand Canyon this Saturday at 12.30. Colorado State softball was on the road in Austin, Texas, competing in the Lone Star State Invitational last weekend as they battled hard but were held winless. Despite going winless, the Rams stayed competitive against number 12 Stanford as CSU lost in an extra inning heartbreaker. The Rams host their home opener against another non-conference opponent in Iowa State starting with a doubleheader this Friday at 12 p.m. It's Manhattan College with a doubleheader on Saturday at noon followed by a game on Sunday against the Cyclones at 11 a.m. Be sure to tune in to Ramblers tonight from 7 to 9 p.m. as Caleb and I break down everything you need to know about Colorado State sports. I'm Austin Martin, your sports director at KCSU, and this is what's going on this week in sports. We're in a little bit of a back and forth with the weather, as you might have noticed. This week will end with more of that wind and warmer temperatures we saw earlier, but the week will turn around with a mini cold spell and maybe even some snow. 
Tonight we'll see a mostly clear sky with a low around 29 degrees. The wind should be fairly calm. Then Friday will be mostly sunny. It'll reach up to 63 degrees, and the day will start off with some scattered but noticeable winds. Friday night will end up partly cloudy with a low of 32. It'll follow that same windy trend, but it shouldn't be as windy overnight compared to Friday morning. Moving into the weekend, we'll get our last sunny day for the week on Saturday. It'll warm up to a high of 64 degrees. It'll start off with a breeze, but throughout the day, it will definitely pick up. You can expect Saturday to have some strong winds moving up to 48 miles an hour. Saturday night, it'll cool to a low of 32. It'll be mostly cloudy and windy, and it'll bring in the chance for rain until about 2 a.m. Sunday, that could develop into a chance for snow, but moving forward into the day, it should be partly sunny and breezy. We'll see a high of 49 degrees. Sunday night, we'll keep a chance for snow until 11 p.m. Temperatures will ride a low around 22 degrees. Then, once next week kicks off, we could see a mix of both sun and the chance for snow, based on information from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music. We'd also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section. You can also find us on Spotify or any news. And with that, we'll see you next time.